Just a quick heads up that I am currently on maternity leave, which means that the Fertility Co podcast is taking a break. But please don't panic because I'm already working on some exciting things behind the scenes. And when I come back, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you a brand new, completely free mini course all about ovulation and finding your fertile window. In the meantime, there are still heaps of ways that you can continue to learn about your fertility and your menstrual cycle while I take a break. If you're just getting started with charting your cycle, you can check out my free fertility roadmap. If you want to dive deeper and learn exactly when you're ovulating, then you can watch my Fix Your Fertility Masterclass. There is, of course, also my Conceive with Confidence workshop series and, of course, my flagship online program, Fertility School. If you want individualized support from a trained fertility educator, that's me, then you can book in to my wait list for a one-on-one consult. And I would love to work with you to achieve your fertility goals in 2024. Spots are strictly limited though, and links to all of those resources are in the show notes. In this episode, we are kicking off our menstrual cycle masterclass with the phase that you are certainly most familiar with, the menstrual phase. Not only are we diving deep into what is actually happening in your body during this phase of your menstrual cycle, I'll show you how you can support your body with nutrition, exercise, sleep, and tweaking your lifestyle to get you through your period. I'm Rachel, and I'm obsessed with all things periods, pregnancy, pelvic floor, and helping women just like you to navigate all of life's major milestones. I'm a physiotherapist, a natural fertility educator, and my passion is teaching women how to take control of their health. Fertility, pregnancy, nutrition, and menstrual cycle health, we'll dive deep into all of it right here. All those questions you've been secretly Googling, all those things you're too embarrassed to ask your doctor because, well, we're women. Shouldn't we just know this stuff? So get comfy and get ready to finally have all of your questions answered. Hit subscribe now and let me teach you what they never taught us in health class. You're listening to the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. Want a sneak peek into the ultimate guide to your menstrual cycle? Let me walk you through everything you need to know about your period, what happens for the rest of the month, and why your fertility matters no matter what season of life you're in right now. To download your free chapter of the Manor Guide to Understanding and Loving Your Menstrual Cycle, head to manorwomenswellness.com forward slash free book. Half of the world's population will experience a period. A lifetime of periods equates to 8.6 years, 448 weeks, 3,139 days, and 70,080 hours. And yet, I wonder just how many women, we're talking half of the world's population here, how many women actually understand what's going on in their bodies, not just during menstruation, but for the rest of the month too. Hello and welcome to episode number 12 of the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and today we are kicking off the first episode of the Menstrual Cycle Masterclass. Now, for the next four weeks, I'm going to be dedicating an entire podcast episode to each phase of the menstrual cycle. 
If you want to kick things off the right way and get an overview of what I'll be diving deep into over the next few weeks, then I would encourage you to have a listen to episode one of the podcast, Menstrual Cycle 101. I started with this as episode one for a reason, because this is stuff that women just don't know, because nobody ever sits sits us down and teaches it to us. We all know that we bleed for a few days, but what happens for the rest of the month before it all starts again? Keep listening and I'll be telling you all about it. Now, if you want a little bit of a cheat sheet for all of that information that I talked about in episode one and that I'll be diving really deep into over the next couple of weeks in the Menstrual Cycle Masterclass series, then you can head over to manawomenswellness.com forward slash post forward slash menstrual phase and grab the show notes for today's episode. If you want to dive deeper into how to support your body during each phase of the menstrual cycle, plus how it all ties together, plus all of the hormones, plus so much more, you can grab the Manawomenswellness.com guide to understanding and loving your menstrual cycle at my digital shop over on the website too. And if you head over to today's show notes or you head straight to minorwomenswellness.com forward slash free book, you can grab a free chapter of this guide, which gives you a really good and clear introduction to the menstrual cycle, as well as outlining how the hormones are all involved. So let me first give you a bit of a teaser about what's going to happen over the next four weeks. Not only am I going to tell you about each phase of the menstrual cycle, what actually goes on inside our body, how this all ties into our ultimate reproductive goal of ovulating and getting pregnant and keeping the human race alive, I'm also going to talk a lot about how to support your body during each phase. And by this, I mean optimizing your hormone balance and supporting what your reproductive system is actually doing through nutrition and the foods you eat, through self care and the way you look after your body, how each phase can affect your sleeping patterns, your moods, and I'll even show you how you can change up how you exercise to support all of this too. Okay, let's dive in. Now, we're kicking things off with the menstrual phase because this marks the beginning of a new menstrual cycle, and it's likely that this is the phase that you're most familiar with. So we'll start here and hopefully break things down more than you ever have before. The menstrual phase includes all days of your period, which usually lasts around four to seven days. Day one of a new menstrual cycle is your first day of bright, rich coloured bleeding. So this doesn't count the spotting that you might notice in the days leading up to your period. It's that first day of really rich bleeding that we count as day one. You will menstruate if the egg from your last ovulation wasn't fertilized. In other words, in the absence of pregnancy, menstruation will almost always follow ovulation, and it's between 11 to 17 days later. During menstruation, your cervix is open and the endometrial lining begins to shed. About two-thirds of your lining will be reabsorbed back into your body, while the remaining third will be shed along with blood and mucus that you typically see in your period. A healthy period lasts anywhere between two to seven days, including a day or two of spotting afterwards. On average, you lose about 25 to 80 mils of blood during a cycle, anywhere between two to four tablespoons. Less than 25 mils is considered light, while greater than 80 mils is considered to be a heavy period. As menstrual flow reduces and your period comes to an end, the cervix will close and a mucus plug will form within it. This plug prevents sperm from passing through the cervix and into the uterus. So this busts the myth that you can't become pregnant during your period because an open cervix allows sperm to pass through and you can't accurately judge the quality of your cervical mucus during menstruation. It's for these two reasons that you therefore need to consider yourself potentially fertile from day two of your period onwards. 
If you want to dive deeper into potential fertility during your period and how it is actually possible to get pregnant, you can go back and have a listen to episode number nine, where I talk about this exact myth. It's important to remember that your menstrual cycle is completely ruled by your hormones. It's the changes in your hormone levels, mainly estrogen and progesterone, that cause the physical changes in your body throughout the different phases of your menstrual cycle. And by that, I mean that that wet, slippery, fertile mucus that your cervix produces as you approach ovulation and the change to a dry sensation or a dry, sticky mucus in your non-fertile window, all of those changes are completely ruled by your hormones. Hormones are the chemical messengers in our body that are involved in growth, metabolism, mood, development. They maintain and regulate all of our body systems, including digestion, immune function, and of course, reproduction. Hormone levels are changing throughout your menstrual cycle, and one hormone tends to influence the levels of another. So this is why women who experience hormone imbalance tend to have wonky cycles. Estrogen levels will peak just before ovulation, and so at the beginning of a new menstrual cycle, the first day of your period, estrogen levels are low. As you finish menstruating and ovulation approaches, estrogen levels rise and trigger thickening of the endometrium to prepare for implantation of the fertilized egg into the endometrium, into the lining of the uterus. Progesterone levels are also very low at the beginning of the menstrual cycle, and they'll stay low until after ovulation has occurred. This is because progesterone is a key hormone in establishing and maintaining pregnancy, so it really isn't needed until pregnancy is possible, which is after ovulation, where the egg has been released, ready to be fertilized. Progesterone is essential for balancing estrogen levels and maintaining overall hormone balance, so progesterone itself isn't the cause of PMS symptoms that can can occur in the lead up to your period. It's actually that imbalance between progesterone and estrogen as your period approaches that can lead to the symptoms. And I'll talk more about this when we focus on the luteal phase in an upcoming episode. Now, menstruation can be a really difficult time for many women, especially if you're currently trying to conceive or you're experiencing fertility issues. Your period is basically a sign that you're not pregnant, which can be really devastating if that's what you're hoping for. Mood swings, feeling shitty and wanting to cry without good reason are some common symptoms that women experience either in the lead up to their period or when they get their period in those early days of potentially heavy bleeding. Add to this, that realization that you're not pregnant, now you need to spend another month trying all over again. And this can be a really emotion, a real emotional roller coaster. So this is a time when you really need to be practicing self-care. Now your menstrual phase is a time to rest and reflect. So clear your social calendar, limit your responsibilities as much as possible. It's a time to really slow down and take time to rest. Now this doesn't necessarily mean watching Netflix on the couch and eating a block of chocolate. Rest means quiet and stillness. Take some time during your period to journal and medicate, medicate, meditate. And as terrifying as this may sound to you, schedule in some time just to be alone with yourself and your thoughts. This can be really hard if you're not used to it. So even rest does take practice. Treat yourself to a bath, a facial, something that's just for you. Turn your focus inwards and spend some time alone to really reflect on your life over the last month, especially if you experience pain and cramping and PMS symptoms, really taking some time to think about the possible causes of stress over the last month. Maybe you've been sick, you're not sleeping enough, eating worse than usual, more sugar and chocolate and crappy foods. All these things will be reflected in your period. And that's why it's so important to take note of how you're feeling every day of your cycle. And especially in those first few days of a new 
new cycle when you have your period. Now, other women find this time challenging month after month because of the symptoms that they're actually experiencing, or maybe their cycles are really irregular, which causes extra stress and worry because we don't know when our period will actually arrive next. So some of the most common symptoms around this time of the month are stomach cramps, fatigue, really low energy, food cravings, feeling moody and tearful, socially withdrawing from others, and reduced performance in sports and physical activity. So if you're a gym junkie or or even if you exercise regularly, then you might have already noticed changes in your energy levels and your ability to actually perform at high intensities throughout your cycle and how this changes. Remember that these symptoms are really common, but they're not necessarily normal. So that's not to say that you're doing something wrong if you get cramps every month, but if your symptoms are affecting your ability to function, if they're debilitating to the point where you can't get out of bed and go about your day, then it really is worth sitting up and taking notice about some common habits and lifestyle tweaks that you might need to make in order to improve your symptoms. Yes, it is really common to feel teary and emotional at this time, but this is also a time to be focusing on your intuition, that gut feeling inside of you that actually helps you to make decisions. And really, this can be tied back into that self-reflection and journaling and looking inwards at this time of the month. And when you think about it that way, it makes sense that this can all be tied together and an amazing time for trusting your intuition. I even like to think about it that menstruation and everything that it represents, that ability to conceive and carry life and all of that incredible stuff that ultimately makes us female. This is that innate knowledge, that feminine wisdom. And without getting too spiritual on you, it kind of makes sense that our intuition and emotions are all tied up in this stage of menstruation. With all of that considered, with all of your wisdom and emotion and self-reflection at work, it's the ideal time for decision-making, for brainstorming and coming up with new ideas. You're journaling, you're reflecting, so your creativity is high, and this is the time to look within, look back, and make those big decisions that you might have been putting off. Go with your gut on this one. Go with your innate feminine wisdom. With all of this going on, it only makes sense too that you might like to reduce the intensity of your workouts during this phase. Again, I'm not talking about lying on the couch with a block of chocolate and not moving for a week. I'm talking about reducing the intensity if you do find that your motivation and your energy levels are a little lower during your period. Again, with all of this self-reflection we've been doing, it's time to listen to your body and adjust your workouts to how you might be feeling. You might like to skip your high intensity spin class this week and going for a long run. And instead, you might like to go for a nice long walk in nature or just do some yoga and stretching. There are specific yoga poses to really help relieve cramping and the discomfort associated with your period. And if you've ever done yin yoga or restorative yoga, where you hold these delicious poses for five minutes at a time or even longer, you're lying in the dark, listening to nice, relaxing music. You're supported with pillows and blankets. You've got your socks on. This is my go-to exercise for period time. Sure, you might be thinking that it really doesn't count as exercise if you're not breathless and sweating and red in the face, but I'll tell you that cutting back your exercise intensity, even for a day or two, makes everything more sustainable in the long run. So taking off a couple of days for an active recovery and these really good, deep, feel-good stretches is so necessary for your recovery. If you push through these really low-energy, crappy days and you continue to work out at a high-intensity day after day after day with no rest, you are at increased risk of injury. Of that chronic stress response and that potential hormone imbalance, which, yes, you guessed it, could make your periods wonky and actually worsen your symptoms more than if you just took a day off every once in a while. 
If you're feeling on top of the world and good and energized and ready to go for a nice long run, by all means, go for it. What I'm saying here is not to push through when you're feeling tired, moody, low energy. It's all about listening to your body, especially at this time of the month. Now, on the topic of feeling tired and less energetic, let's talk about sleep. The hormonal changes that occur during menstruation can actually leave you feeling a bit hot and sweaty at night, and cramps can disrupt your sleep too. You probably actually need a little bit more sleep during your period than at other times of your menstrual cycle, so it's good to go to bed a little bit earlier than usual and keep your bedroom nice and cool for a good night's sleep. You might also want to use some essential oils to help manage your symptoms, which can be especially helpful diffusing in your bedroom before you go to bed. The most recommended oils during the menstrual phase are bergamot, lavender, and clary sage. Now, a blend that I absolutely swear by at this time of the month is a women's blend by Eco Essentials. It has cedarwood, lavender, geranium, lang lang, and I don't know if it's a completely a placebo effect or what, but the evening of day one is when I tend to get a little bit crampy. So while I'm lying on the couch with my heat pack, I will just put a drop of this oil blend onto my fingers and then massage it into my lower belly right where I'm feeling those cramps. I'll just massage that oil in and it is amazing and it actually gives instant relief. Again, I don't know if it's just placebo, but it helps. So who the hell cares, right? I also like to diffuse this blend in my bedroom before I go to bed during my period and it just helps to calm me down, help me to wind down for the night and help me to get a really good night's sleep. Now, the last area that I want to talk about today is nutrition and really using food to support your body during your period. So in this phase, you want to be focusing on eating healthy fats, veggies, and iron-rich foods. Now, it's really important to boost your iron levels to counteract the blood loss that we experience during our period, because this contributes to those low energy levels and feeling crappy and more tired than usual. This is also really important if you have heavier periods, because that means you're you're losing a little more blood. Now, obviously, red meat is full of iron. So if you're a carnivore, having a steak and veggies can be a great thing to do once a month to really replenish that lost iron. I've raved about spinach and iron many, many times before. And so I'll jump back on that bandwagon here because spinach is great um, in boosting iron levels if you don't eat meat, as well as kale, asparagus, broccoli, strawberries, tomatoes, and citrus fruits too. So you can only imagine menstruation does have an inflammatory component. So you can help to relieve this with things like oily fish, like salmon, um, ginger, curries, as well as berries, because they're jam-packed full of antioxidants too. Your body actually has lower energy requirements during menstruation. And so if you're taking the time to rest and recover and really giving your body a break for a couple of days, then you will certainly have lower energy requirements. And this means that you might actually not have to eat as much as usual. So as tempting as that family size block of chocolate is, avoid binging on comfort foods that are sugary and fatty because your body really doesn't need the extra energy or the calories when you're doing a little less. Choose things like dark chocolate and have one or two squares as a treat and that's it. Just don't go overboard on the sugar here because you will end up feeling worse. Another thing I like to practice is seed cycling, which I might talk about in another episode. But basically, you use seeds and grains to boost your estrogen and progesterone levels depending on where you are in your cycle. As I mentioned earlier, both progesterone and estrogen are low during menstruation, but we really want to support estrogen levels in this phase because they're about to increase as we approach ovulation. So you can naturally boost estrogen levels with flax seeds and pumpkin seeds. And what I like to do is just add a tablespoon of each to my morning smoothie. 
So I'm drinking it as soon as those seeds have been whizzed up in my Nutribullet, which means I'm getting the full nutrient value. Full disclosure though, Dan did get a little upset when I told him that I was doing this because I make our our morning smoothies every day and we share them. So he was a little bit upset thinking that I was trying to boost his estrogen levels. But I reassure you and you can reassure your man that a tablespoon of seeds is not going to have a dramatic effect on their hormone levels. It's a way to naturally support your existing levels, but it's not like you're adding a supplement or pure estrogen to your smoothie. So reassure him that he'll be okay. Or better yet, just don't say anything. That's probably the easier way to go from my experience. Now, I don't believe in self-prescribing supplements, but I do think that they have an important place in filling the gaps in your nutrition and helping to manage any symptoms. So talk to a healthcare professional like a naturopath or a dietitian about supplements that you might be able to take that can help to support you during your period, especially if you have a lot of symptoms. Collagen, fish oil, and magnesium can be really helpful. Magnesium is really good for relieving muscle cramps. And I find that on day one, when I'm a bit crampy, I take a magnesium supplement, which can give some relief. Again, don't self-prescribe. Talk to a professional about what's right for your body. I also love women's balancing teas to sip on during my period. And my absolute favorite is by Paka Teas and it's called Womankind. It contains chamomile, licorice, hibiscus, marigold, beetroot, orange, vanilla rose, and cranberry. And it's this beautiful pink color and it's a bit floral and fruity. And it's so nice to just sip on during those heavy period days. And finally, bone broth. I'm a bit of a sucker for bone broth lately, especially because it's winter in Melbourne. You can cook up some bone broth to really boost circulation and blood flow, improve your digestion, and actually help to replenish the lining of your uterus, which is obviously broken down and being flushed away during your period. Now, you can make your own bone broth by boiling bones, or if you're not keen on having your house stink of meat for 48 hours, then there are heaps of good options for pre-made bone broth too. Google will give you all the answers you need here. Now, all of the information that I've talked about in this episode, plus everything that I'm going to be covering over the next couple of weeks in our upcoming Menstrual Cycle Masterclass series, that is hard to say, say it 10 times fast, Menstrual Cycle Masterclass series, you can get over all the information at minorwomenswellness.com forward slash podcast, and you can see all the links to the latest episodes. You can also grab the show notes for today's episode at minorwomenswellness.com forward slash post forward slash menstrual phase. Now, if you want to dive deeper into how to support your body during each phase of the menstrual cycle, plus how it all ties together, plus all of the hormones and so much more, you can grab the Mana Guide to Understanding and Loving Your Menstrual Cycle at my digital shop over on the website. And if you head over today to today's show notes, I'll make sure I put a link there or straight over to minorwomenswellness.com forward slash free book, you can grab your free chapter of this book. And the chapter that I've included for free gives you a really good and clear introduction to the menstrual cycle, as well as outlining how all those different hormones get involved. So that is all for today. Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope you can tune in to the next couple of episodes where I'll be covering the other phases of the menstrual cycle. So again, as always, if you found value in today's episode, I would love to hear from you. So post it on your story, send me a DM on Instagram, let me know um, what you learned in this episode and let me know what you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes too. I love answering questions. I love when you give me the podcast topics because I'm always open to suggestions. I want to answer questions that you want to know more about. So please let me know and I'll do my very, very best to answer them for you on an upcoming episode. Now I will see you next week where we are talking about the next 
phase of the menstrual cycle, the follicular phase. Now that's the window of time between your period and ovulation and sneak peek for you. Some women skip this phase altogether. With that, I will love you and leave you. Bye for now. And don't forget that knowledge is power. When you truly understand your body, you are empowered to make informed decisions and take control of your health. Until next time. If you've made it this far, you deserve a huge virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe now so you don't miss when the latest goes live. Why not make my day and leave me a quick rating and review while you're over there? If you want more, head on over to Instagram at Mana Women's Wellness, slide into my DMs and say hello, or you can visit manawomenswellness.com forward slash podcast for show notes and access to all of the freebies that I talked about in this episode. Until next time. Let's talk about TempDrop. TempDrop's wearable sensor and accompanying charting app brings the full fertility tracking solution right to your phone. Wear the TempDrop sensor on your upper arm during sleep and then just sync to the charting app whenever it's convenient for you. TempDrop believes that every woman should be empowered and equipped with the knowledge to take control of their body. Sound familiar? That's where TempDrop steps in to provide clear, science-backed technology to help you to better track your cycle. I only recommend products that I use and love, and I love my TempDrop tracker. You can get 10% off your tracker with the code AFFertilityCo or head to fertilityco.com.au forward slash TempDrop for more information.